Welcome everyone to another episode of More Marketing Ideas with me, Fred Gillen, your host, where you will learn from industry experts based on their life's experiences and business processes. So let's get on with the show. Today it's my great pleasure to welcome William McPherson, better known to everybody as Bill. Bill's been around for 90 years, so he just turned 90 this year and I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning that. And he's been involved in all kinds of businesses from plumbing through to entrepreneurship and latest, um, his latest venture is in a non-for-profit organization that develops local community newspapers and he's publishing those at the moment. So uh, with that, I'd like to um, open the floor for Bill and welcome Bill to the call. Hi Bill, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Fred. Looking forward to the conversation. That's great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, just as an introduction to yourself, to tell the listeners a little bit about you and what you're up to, and then we can get on with the interview? Okay. I'm simply an entrepreneur. Um, I started with a, a, billy, a billy cart and a horse manure in the street selling it to gardens when I was able to have a, a, um, a little... Um, uh, push cart. Don't worry. Uh, that's that's a long time ago, and I remember it well. I um, I, I first did my plumbing apprenticeship, and then uh, as, as a <coughs> during my apprenticeship, I started my, my business doing weekend work. Until one day, the uh, boss man uh, uh, said to me, "Listen, I don't think I'm getting a fair go from you. You're you're coming to work tired, and I know you're doing weekend work, so." I want to give you a choice. It's, it's either either you uh, uh, you stay with me and stop your weekend work or reduce it at least anyway, or uh, you, you go off and do what you want to do. Oh, can I? I said, and away I went then as an entrepreneur. And the first thing I realised is I I had to have a um, a master. So I took in a partner into the business and made him the master, and went on and finished the apprenticeship, which you need to work as a plumber in Australia. Anyway, from then on, uh, I, I went into a lot of things. A lot of things turned up, Fred, out of the blue. Um, God was good to me and pointed me in the right direction and all that sort of stuff. But uh, is that enough of a start? No, but that's great. Yeah, that's, that's, I suppose one of the things that, and we've known each other for a number of years, so one of the things that always got my attention, and I think it might be a, a nice story to share with the, the listeners, is your venture into what would commonly be known as crowdfunding which is a yes, term that's going around right now. So yes. um, I believe you were probably one of the first persons that I knew that ever really got into crowdfunding. Do you, do you, want to, you know what I'm talking about, so do you want to enlighten us a bit of, on that? Yes. Uh, uh, it, it, wasn't, it didn't have a name then, but uh, uh, what, what I did, I, I bought a, uh, an old winery. It was a very huge place, and it used to provide all the wine out of um, Victoria for the, uh, the 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 owner of the vineyard who planted it in uh, 1895. Um, we we had a, a a huge recession in wine here in the 50s when uh, uh, people pulled out vines and and uh, uh, 500 acres of vines on this property I bought um, uh, were pulled out in 1953 when things were at their worst and turned over to uh, grazing cattle. Uh, anyway, of course, our boom came, um, I suppose, uh, 50, 56 and times like that, people began to find there was a, 
Uh, people all drank beer in, in Australia, and uh, the, the, all of a sudden there was a change to wine by a huge amount of the population that were alcos. Um, and uh, I, um, I, I bought I bought the winery with no vines, and sent out to plant a hundred acres straight away to make it look good. And um, I, I advertised a picture of the winery, uh, which was the uh, it, it's the only example of Norman Gallic architecture in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, and uh, it's got the, the Disney Tower where the maiden weighs a handkerchief out the top of the, the tower and uh, all, all that sort of lovely stuff. And it was it's an ideal picture, and people love the picture. And I, I offered um, uh, in, a, in a, a single column, three-inch, and in, in our, um, uh, our best daily paper, the Melbourne Sun, and um, oh, uh, I wanted $10 for uh, a vine in the vineyard and I also offered because there were six vines planted between the trellis posts I, I offered the um, uh, on each side of the row of vines I, I offered the um, uh, the 12 vines and I would hold them for them until they wanted them or brought fans in or something like that and it went off like a bomb in each state and um, uh, you know, all of a sudden there were 9,000 uh, vines taken by people. Some took the whole dozen straight away. But in order to to fund it, I, I then sold uh, a, a lease on the vines for um, 99 years to the, to the whole of the vineyard to some investors. And they thought this was a great idea. And, and this all worked up and helped sell the, uh, the 9,000 uh, Nine thousand vines of ten dollars each, which gave me ninety grand cash, and uh, it, it went on to be quite a success. Um, but uh, uh, this was the year of El Nino, the uh, uh, the drought, and we had six inches. We we, we had a hundred acres of, of vines. We bought rootlings so that we'd be ahead of the game, and uh, El Nino came into the picture, and we had six inches of rains in February, and when we went to start ploughing the land in August so we could plant the vines, uh, we had to bring in the bulldozer uh, to break up the soil. And, of course, that didn't help anything. Anyway, there was no more rain for the rest of the year, and we lost all the vines. We, we had to cart water from the Murray River, so we bought a couple of uh, fire trucks with pumps and all that, with the water being up the lower level of the ground in the river. Um, and uh, this unfortunately happened to us for two years and in, in the third year well, we've all sat with another new 100 acres of vines and there's 680 to the acre anyway that all doesn't matter because they all died and uh, <laughs> so we, we lost 200 acre crops in, in the first two years in the third one we couldn't get onto the ground because of, of uh, flooded ground and uh, we were ploughing through through a uh, a valley, and <laughs> all our tractors got stuck in in the uh, in the mud in the in the bottom, and uh, yeah, a disaster. The result of that, Fred, was interesting. The uh, I, I I was making big payments on it um, because I didn't have a lot of money, just a little bit of money, and. Um, uh, <laughs> After the end of the three years, the uh, 
uh, the um, the sheriff came along and said, Mr. McPherson, would you mind walking through the front gate with me? We'll close the gate, and that'll mean I can officially take position, possession, and you can come back in and take all your stuff away and do what you like. So that was the end of the winery. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what a story. I mean, you know, to get involved in just um, le- leasing the vines, what a great idea. Like, as I said, probably the first venture that anybody really saw into crowdfunding. Um, the yeah. other thing that I, um, I know you did, and again, this is looking at technology and the way you've moved with the times, um, was your, your venture into what was... Di- what is now known as smart meters that it, that's put out by the electric companies. Um, yeah. You were right at the forefront of that, um, working with Siemens at some one stage, I believe. But, yes. Um, we, we sold our patent. We had a very interesting, simple um, uh, um, uh, a, um, um, uh, a, a, a security between telephone times because they, were, they, they had not developed effectively the the power the um, uh, communication over the power station um, network and uh, um, we were using the telephone network and this is in the days of a, a, a 12 uh, uh, 12k modem um, and um, uh, they, we, 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 uh, Siemens in, in, in San Diego had de- developed um, a clock face. Uh, they could read the meters through the clock face and um, uh, they had the patent of that and were busy working on that. And um, the, uh, the actual inventor of uh, our side of it was to read that clock face. We, we didn't know what they were doing, but it was a merger of Crown Corning, the glass people, and uh, Siemens who put together this venture to do it. So we travelled over and wanted to meet this this man that had done the uh, uh, the patent on the uh, the reading because we had the obvious next step. And um, he, he welcomed us and was really pleased that somebody in the world was actually developing the next step. The the the, com- the company there the the joint venture with Siemens and Crown Corning um, uh, in, in San Diego they got in touch with the Melbourne office and um, they asked almost asked their permission to talk to us on on the basis that that did they want to talk to us or did uh, uh, could they go ahead over there and uh, um, do a deal with us. And Siemens said they'd love to do the deal in Melbourne. So uh, when we came back, um, Siemens were wasting it, were, were, were waiting for us, and um, uh, I, I put on a lunch for them between four of us. Um, um, and uh, I was surprised at their eagerness in wanting to do something uh, with us because you know, we, we had no money at all. And, um, and of course, they, they had mountains of money and the top of the tree and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the result of, of the lunch was an appointment at their place uh, to discuss uh, some terms, and we, we emerged from the the um, uh, from, from the uh, the meeting. Uh, they bought the patent from us for a dollar, and 
they agreed to finance us and the figure we were talking about was 385,000 which was our estimate of the work required to go on to a saleable product which was totally stupid because we spent spent five million of uh, Siemens money and uh, it was all wonderful it uh, and of course we had the contract to do the work and develop it and uh, uh, we had a rate of $80 an hour for our staff um, and our, our and our inventor <coughs> and me and that, that went on for some years I, I don't remember how many years but uh, in the end of it um, Siemens have a policy if it goes uh, to X point and they think it's all not worth money by the way uh, in in the uh, in the years uh, we were on the promotion road most of the time and um, we, we we didn't get one we didn't get one um, one bite. We we you know, held the spoke at the seminars and all all that sort of stuff during that period of, of development, and um, um, we we just we just got to the point where San Diego Light and Power. I think they had two million customers, the same as Melbourne, and they um, and 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 they. Uh, Gave us our first verbal order, and 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 while uh, while they were putting um, uh, the the uh, the work together and, and getting the contract to us, um, uh, they were in the process of being taken over um, uh, by um, the biggest American um, 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 uh, electricity provider, and uh, they learned of what San Diego was doing, being the first in the world to develop the smart meter and put it into action. Um, and uh, uh, they said, look, we're, we're, they're, they're using a modem to, uh, to do the transmission work. And we, a part of our scheme is that we want to use our, our power line um, uh, system to uh, transfer all, all our own power or our own stuff and uh, we want to use the power line to deliver <coughs> the product because that's going to where we want to do and uh, uh, all of a sudden um, um, uh, uh, um, uh, our, our prospect uh, who had told us given us a verbal indication of what they were putting in place uh, told them that they wanted to cancel all the relations through the modem and uh, uh, and that just that was the last straw for Siemens, who uh, suspended the whole project. Um, yeah, quite a, an inspiring time. We, we, it was all software that we were working on. Um, uh, Siemens were so helpful. We needed a hundred thousand dollars worth of, of uh, equipment, uh, equipment, and they uh, and, and they decided to finance it and. Uh, it was a wonderful time, a wonderful period. We, we were really part of, of um, Siemens. The other thing that I didn't twig to, which which is amazing at the time, the whole thing of using us as contractors in-house was to test the possibility of them uh, going over to outsourcing, which was the popular word at the moment. So there was more in it for us than we even knew. But that was our experience um, uh, with Siemens, which was great for us. Mm -hmm. That sounds, sounds magical. Like I, 
I was involved a little bit at the time because I was a local contractor and did some of the work as well at the time. But and that's that's how we we originally I think came together at one stage. But the the other thing, getting to a more recent times now, um, you're now heavily into a an not for profit where you're actually trying to um, work with the local communities to get information out to them on a regular basis. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. There, there are four newspapers we print at the moment. That's enough. We, uh, uh, the opportunity is there for more. But um, it's, uh, it, it takes a, a long development period. So, um, uh, when you say not-for-profit, I'm involved in a number of not-for-profits and I, I believe in in them, we have one very successful one called the Men's Shed, and locally we've managed to build one of the three largest sheds in Australia with the support of council. It's uh, all, all, all of interest to me, but the uh, the papers stand alone. They're, they're they're actually commercial, but we're interested, and uh, we we don't really need profits from it. Every time we find we've got some money over, uh, we set out to develop a new newspaper anyway. And, uh, and somebody asked me, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, why are you doing this? And I said, well, I don't, I don't think there's a real answer to it. I, I, I think the opportunity was put in front of a nose, and uh, it, it, it's a nosy nose, and uh, I felt I can't let this opportunity go by, so that's why I'm doing it. So with the, the advent of online, you know, marketing and promotions and people doing a lot of their stuff with Google and, um, you know, searches online with mobile phones and stuff, is that impacting on the, the local paper? Because I believe it, like it's a printed in an A4 um, sheet variety, so it's delivered locally. So does it online marketing impact on what you're doing? Well, uh, Rupert Murdoch tells me that... Um um, uh, the future is on the internet, and he's uh, recently. Um, this was ten years after we started the uh, the newspapers. Um, we're starting to build a mailing list, which of course can be in colour, and we're printing in black and white. So it's a leap forward there, and uh, um, we're heavily into um, uh, attempting or attempting to attract um, online. Reception. We, we we think it's a generation ahead before the old people who who have uh, got this the money to do anything in the, in this world. Um, uh, the, um, the the elder people, I'm confident, are determined to read newspapers, and if they're not there, um, they've got to go somewhere else. It's it's a slow a slow movement for Melbourne people. Uh, we've been at it for a year now, starting to build build the list. We 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 need thousands uh, on the list, or uh, using places like Facebook to to get on them and build up their uh, their team uh, of people who uh, want to follow on the net. Um, uh, it, it, it's still relatively new to me, but uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build this list by all means that I uh, that I can. Um, um, uh, running different names, selling uh, or offering the product through different means, and telling me the advantage of it. And, uh, 
it, <laughs> it's a lot of work, but it, it's it's working slowly. So I just um, so if somebody actually wanted to get on the list to receive the oh, I suppose you better tell us about the the mastheads, what what papers and what areas it covers, so that if there's people listening from the local areas, they might want to jump on the list. So uh, and yeah. then perhaps you can tell them how to get on the list. Yes, very easy to get on the list. <laughs> we regularly advertise in our own papers and we try to do everything we can to explain it and try and find the words that draw in the most interest. So you could say we're heavily into the start of building a list and we'll we'll try anything that comes to us like your uh, uh, your, your uh, webinars and uh, uh, other things that um, that we can do uh, but um, uh, I'm finding it difficult we um, uh, we we send out our paper um, uh, for the first time we made a test in sending it out uh, it also gives us the opportunity to turn to full colour, um, and uh, I'm sure once that gets around and uh, gets observed, we'll, we'll have to letterbox drop or something and uh, and tell people that they can have it on the first of the month uh, instead of waiting to find it delivered or whatever can happen. The physical delivery is quite good, but uh, uh, a mailchimp. The delivery is with the button stuff, and uh, we, we like that sort of work. Obviously, while Rupert's going down that path. Um, yeah, uh, we're in the hard work stage, and um, happy to do it. At, uh, good. Well, um, I, I think we're, we're probably coming to the end of the allocated time, Bill, but it's it's been really interesting. Just for those listeners that want to actually jump on the mailing list, the quickest and easiest one from uh, my experience is it's lists at aroundpointcook.com. That's, that's and Point Cook is obviously a local area, and that's where one of the papers is printed for. But if you yeah. get on that list, then rest assured you'll receive more information about the other publications too. Um, yes, sir. Uh, was there anything else you'd like to share before we um, we call it a day, Bill? Um, no, Fred. It, uh, I, I I I thought your uh, um, uh, development of the abi.com radio. I, I thought that was good. I, I I don't know what its effect will be, but I, I hope it's another good thing. And uh, um, uh, what did I say? Burst upon us the uh, the offer of a uh, a vine in the vineyard and a uh, and a, uh, a, a, a brick in the winery. I, that was an actual winner for me. That's where the 9,000 people came and actually uh, joined up. Um, uh, we, 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 <laughs> we had some most interesting people. And of course, one of the features we had, we'd give a monthly dinner, and um, that was attended by hundreds and demonstrate some of the wines from the district and what we were likely to produce. Uh, um, it, it had a... Uh, uh, a whole uh, happy side, and lovely side, or, or whatever you want to uh, to meet all these people who uh, who paid us money to have a, a brick in our our, uh, our buildings. And by the way, I think I mentioned that the the winery buildings, starting in 1895 to 1903, 
were were the best example of Norman Gallag Norman Norman uh, um, um, uh, a type of uh, of building uh, in Australia, uh, and uh, that gave us a big leap forward with the. Is, is the building still standing? Yes, uh, it's interesting. Uh, uh, modern stuff use, use uh, cement uh, to hold the bricks together, and, and they become one mass. The, the cement actually turns back into stone, and uh, lime mortar was the thing then, because they had no were no thing, and yet in the high heat. In Rutherglen, the bricks were able to each brick was able to expand in the heat when it's exposed to the sun for the for the day, uh, and it was able to move. And so there was um, uh, uh, for the ancient um, um, alignment mortar, uh, it was the thing that kept the bricks out of the uh, uh, cracking. When bricks crack with the expansion, because there's nowhere to go, you get this whole zigzag from an area wall. On the, over about 50 feet with this huge crack in it and uh, uh, this didn't happen in the, in so the if years. If people wanted to actually see the building, what, where, where would, what would they Google? What would they look for? Um, I don't think I've got anything up there. I, I never had a is look there a, there. Is there a, like, is there a winery still on the location? Yeah, or? yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Nobody ever troubled with it. The, uh, okay. I think the cost has gone out of... Uh, reach for, for the amount of wine you might sell the small small vineyards are in trouble like the small milk um um milk, milk uh, <laughs> the farm is milking with cows yep. they're, they're in trouble because the uh, murray goldman has halved the price they pay for the milk and it's a, a national disaster going on there Anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot, lot we could talk about about that, Bill. Um, it's been really interesting having a chat. I'm, I'm going to um, call it quits at this stage, and um, perhaps we'll get you back on and we can talk about what else you're doing because I know that you've had a very interesting life. So I yes. hope you, you enjoy the interview. Yeah, God has presented me with many opportunities and said, look at this one, son. Okay, Bill. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming along.